cliffcentral.com. Let's get stuck into it. We're going to speak to Sarah Gunn. She's the head of strategic engagement at the IRR. And it's time to turn up the heat, turn to the spiciest segment of the week, the burning platform brought to you by Nando's. There's a lot to look at and discuss. Let's start off with, uh, with Sarah and the DA. Hey, Sarah, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, brilliant. Can you hear me? Yeah, great sound there. So between Pumi and Sarah and I, we've all got our microphones working nicely this morning, which is good news. <laughs> so, Sarah, do you, do you want to just start off with your email to me and what you thought we were missing a beat on last week when it came to the DA? Okay. Um, it's, it's quite a tricky subject because I'm not speaking from a point of view of being, I want to punt the DA as a party and, and, and be its, its, its cheerleader as a no, supporter no. or anything in, like that. In fact, and in obviously fact, I'm not, I, just, I, I'm not I have to just of, say that the IRR yeah. has, has done their fair share of criticism of the DA yeah. uh, as well as support of them over the years. So, yes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I think it's important to make that distinction. Okay. Perhaps I can put it this way. Uh, when I was thinking about it and, you know, the sort of getting away from the, 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 the written word, which one tends to express rather graphically, um, we are in a hole. The, the country is in a deep hole in every, in every sense of the word. Um, and for all its faults, and political parties by their nature have faults, the DA has a number of things that I think tend to be perhaps, if not disregarded, um, sort of almost treated as if it's, you know, one can, that's what one expects and, and, and this is, you know, this is how things go. And so the criticism of the DA tends to be lumped into the general criticism of opposition. Now, the issue is this. The DA is the official opposition. It's got 84 seats out of 400 in, in, in the national parliament. Mm-hmm. And in order to have any impact, uh, I mean, it would have to make up such huge numbers. And I agree entirely with what was said last week, that we're actually heading to coalition politics. And um, we're very unlikely to see a party replace the ANC mm-hmm. numerically. Um, the thing about the, D- the DA is that it is it can talk from experience. And I think, I think this is the problem. I mean, I hear very often, um, I'm sure you do too, that, well, what has the DA done about this? Or the DA has done that. Why did they do that? Absolutely fine. That, that's critical. But the issue is they have actually a record to be measured against. And in the hole that we're in, that, that becomes very, very, very important in future, uh, in future coalitions. If you look at the numbers, um, the number of opposition, the number of seats in opposition, other than the DA's 84, are 42 seats, and that excludes the EFF. Now, the EFF alone has 44 seats. Now, frankly, I think if anyone really cares about getting South Africa out of this hole and, and developing South Africa into, into anything that close to what it could be, mm-hmm. you'd need to be able to discount the EFF as, as, an op, as, a, as a coalition partner. And the problem is that currently that's not going to ha- – there's no way that can happen because the, uh, the other numbers are less. And this is why I th- assume that, um, that John Stephen Hazen alluded to going into coalition with reformist ANC. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure the ANC has reformists, but that, that, that be, that, be that as it may. But it becomes a very crucial issue because even if the ANC loses its majority – if it chooses to go into coalition with the EFF, we are stuffed. I, I can't think of another way of putting it because they will be in a better, stronger numerical position than they are now. And it's just a matter of pure, purely objective. The DA has, for better or worse, run the Western Cape better than the ANC's run, run everything else. Most of its, its municipalities I, I, outside of the Western Cape have, have a better reputation. And again, I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of room for criticism. And sure. I, one, one could be, you know, one could, there's lots to be discussed. I, but there I'm is not a track to, record to measure them against. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but it almost sounds mm. like we have uh, a two set, sets, two standards. We, we measure, mm. The ANC by the, the soft bigotry of low expectations, and we've, they've come to live up to that in some ways. And then we almost have this, this undeclared, um, indirect and subconscious way of judging the DA by a higher standard. Mm. And I, I'm, not, I'm not entirely convinced of that argument, but it's worth considering. You know, we think about uh, simple things like, you know, the human rights, uh, an, an idea of non-racism as opposed to, to making everything racial. These are things that we tend to measure the DA by those standards because they've imposed them on themselves mm. largely too. 
And then we give the ANC a much wider berth when it comes to mm. judging them on the specifics. I, I'm not sure anymore because I think one thing that South Africans are being exposed to on a repeated basis, and it's something that the DA doesn't maybe have to deal with as much since John Stenhausen took over. Certainly it happened while Helen Zilla was in charge and it happened while Musi Maimane was in charge. But mm-hmm. the, the ANC is being scrutinized in a way that it never has before. I think we can all agree on that. Mm, absolutely. And especially with the Zonda Commission going on, we know that this is the ANC on trial, even if mm-hmm. they don't admit it. Yeah. Now what is – and Pumi, I want you to come in here at any point because – I know Sarah has some interesting takes on this. What is your point of view on those possible coalitions that you've just discussed? If, if Julius Malema and the EFF had to ally themselves with the non-reformist part of the ANC, in other words, the part of the ANC that is about radical economic transformation and all of that stuff, really essentially the state capture people mm. with Ace Mahashule and company, would that be a substantial enough proportion of the ANC along with the EFF to be able to direct things in a in another direction, to be able to manage the country effectively or ineffectively in mm. that direction. The reason, and this I do talk uh, for the IRR, the reason we are so concerned is we actually think there are probably about three reformists in the ANC. Um, we, we believe that the... It, it's a matter of style, not substance, and that's really what's very, very worrying. Um, I mean, I, I've been very critical of the president. I, I wrote critically against him in 2016, which I think sort of puts me a little bit ahead of the pack on that one. Um, he is, Zorin is, is, is a dedicated socialist. And, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, it, there is no, there is very little distinction. Um, the, and, and that's the worrying thing. There were more reformists a few years ago, and, but that space seems to have shut down. So I think the radical economic transformation grouping is, reflects a sort of, shall we say, robust, possibly even criminal side of the ANC compared to the other. But I don't think ideologically there, there's a great deal of difference. And I agree with you. I think the, the DA has set itself up for being judged by a higher standard. Uh, and we do give the ANC a, a pass in the sense that, you know, we, 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 we don't expect anything of them. But numbers are everything. And, and that is the problem. I mean, the ANC... <clears throat> Uh, just to give you perhaps an example, the, uh, commission, the committee that's looking at the change to Section 25 of the Constitution on expropriation, uh, there was a lot of opposition to the fact that the committee refused to hear um, oral representations about it. We put in, a whole lot of other NGOs put in uh, objections, and the DA, the four people on the committee put in a formal objection that they wanted read into the record about not holding uh, hearings. Now, What's happened is uh, Matoli Mosheka, who chairs that committee, has now extended, asked for the extension of the life of the committee to hold hearings. Now, that's, that's opposition from both from within the government and without, at its best, in the sense that for whatever we believe, all, all round, all told, a, a result was achieved. But what you're fighting against complete, when, you, with, when you're in opposition, whether it's formal or informal, is you're fighting against numbers. Mm. And as long as you have a list system as we do, um, you, 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 you're kicking at the door all the time and struggling to get in. And, and that's, that's, that's a different debate altogether. Well, you said you've been uh, critical of Cyril. Pumi has been uh, right at the front of that queue along with you for the longest time. Perhaps you come at it from different angles. But Pums, what's your feeling on what Sarah's just said about, first of all, coalition politics, and second of all, the way that the ANC is broken down at the moment? You know, the thing for me, and it's, it's always been my view, is that the numbers, because of the way that our politics is constituted, it's always a numbers game. Mm. And, and unfortunately, Sarah, I think that the, the thing with, with the opposition parties and, you know, in part of the email that you sent through is that we tend to, to look at them all lumped together. But I don't think we do that here at all. Because one of the things that, that we're quite critical at looking at is looking, and last week in particular, we spoke about just speaking about the UDM and IFP and why they've lost so much ground mm-hmm. and, and the polarized FF and the EFF on opposite sides of the scale and where you have the DA and the ANC much closer to each other, what we actually have is we have very little by which I, as part of of the people that are voting, can actually make those decisions Mm. because 
all of the parties do a very bad job of articulating themselves and what it is that they stand for. So you have a, you have a front row seat because of your relationship with the IRR, mm. where you are able to pick apart the various policies of various people and you are able to see what it is that they are doing in Parliament, where they stand, what they're saying. But for the general public, for the general public, all we have to go on is what those parties are able to articulate to us, how they look to us, how they sound to us. And that's where, that's where the numbers, I think, then fall flat. I, I really don't think that there is going to be much of a space for coalitions because the guys... Because the guys, sorry, now I've you, got an echo again. You, sorry, I you, just had an echo. Again. No, no, you you broke up. You said there's not much of a space for the coalition because the guys. Because, because the guys all, you know, we are kind of going, and this is why the coalition between the EFF and the DA fell apart here in Joburg, mm. why in Pretoria in Tswane, you know, why Port Elizabeth is in, in the, is in Port Elizabeth is London is in the mm. situation Port that they are in. It it's because they 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 are. Their self-interest takes over what it is that they need to be doing. Their self-interest trumps the people on the ground or the people they're supposed to be delivering for. And when you know, the, I've always contended that the EFF is is actually designed to pull the ANC more to the left. Mm. And I, I think that they probably, I, I think what Julius wanted was Julius wanted to get rid of Jacob Zuma because Jacob Zuma got rid of, the, of him and mm. then he wants to go back into the party. But but it's become so difficult for mm. him to go back into the party now mm. because he, he, he's, he spent so much time kind of being anti the party and not just anti some of the things that the party stand for. Yeah, but I think he, uh, he, he, he would have ANC. he would have a bit of a credibility problem now if he did go back, right? And even <laughs> even among his supporters. Mm. So, what do you think of, of Pumi's comments, Sarah? And and is it possible? Mm. Is it possible to turn your camera on? It seems like uh, Sia's trying to. Uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We, I, I thought I thought I had. <laughs> no, but, no, it's um, fine. We we just. <laughs> as not... I said, the, the problem when you when you work with these uh, different media is they've all got the the things in the other yeah. side, and it it's no, no. indicate that that the camera is on. So. No, okay, we we, we haven't because we haven't <laughs> seen you. We, we're only hearing you. See if you can switch oh, okay. that on. Right. Uh, Let's see there. Okay, ah, got there it. We are. Sorry, it's it's not no, it's, no early morning. Me is not is not a plus. <laughs> not um, a problem. Your your thoughts on, on what um, Pumi's just said? Yeah. No, in fact, w w what I want to say is, is I largely I, I agree in part with what Pumi says, and I think my main criticism is is the mainstream media, the, uh, the social media, the not the unmainstream. I don't know what the right term is. Is is in a different place, and in fact, most of the information I get on what's happening in the DA, etc., is just by going on to um, different types of uh, social media, it, it's not the it's not the sort of investigative stuff that the the R does. It go, it's going on to various sites, um, and I'll give you an example of the sort of thing that you do not see in the mainstream media. Um, the the DA's national agricultural uh, shadow minister, uh, they are taking up a number of cases, and, and when I say number, I mean over over forty cases of black farmers who've been evicted from that seven hundred seven hundred thousand hectares of state land to make for make room for for land reform. Um, now that whole that whole thing is 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 an absolutely awful mess, but it, it, it's it's one of those things that really needs to be looked at because surely most, if not all, of those farmers should be left on the land they're on, and if they're successfully farming it, that's absolutely that's fantastic. That's part of the process. I mean, one of the points I made, and uh, and this is the problem with any with any uh, party. Uh, but not the EFF, because the EFF, as I say, are colour, they are violence, they are threat, they are theatre, and they do get an enormous amount of um, um, attention for that reason. I mean, when 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 the cynical uh, protest happened, I mean, some of our guys were there, and it was really intended to be almost a, a, memor a series of memorial services. There was there was nothing in it. The EFF got the almost like the the, the front of stage position. And a consequence of it and their chanting and, and threats, which never materialised, they were well marshaled. Um, the EFF, Jews Malema got an hour-long interview that evening on the, on the issue. And the, for me, the fault lay entirely with the mainstream media. I mean, that, that wasn't the issue. But he was colour. 
and that's really, really worrying, is the fact that people, most people, will rely understandably and, and obviously on the mainstream media for their information. And the mainstream media is is not getting it. It tends to be the, 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 the alternative media that, 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 are, that are saying it, but it's not the alternative media that will get to most people. And that, 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 that I think, stacks up against all the parties, but not so much. Sarah, but but we, what, we know, what we know for a fact is that mainstream media is not about showing up what each and every individual means or stands for. What they are about is they are about their audience. Mm. So th- we cannot blame the devil for doing its job, right? Their job mm. is getting as much audience as they can or audience share. And if what they feel is going to get them audience share is a loud Julius Malema, that is their pr- prerogative. Mm. And, and in fact, it does. People tune in when they see Julius and they want to hear what Julius has to say. Mm. And the the, the real job is for the political parties to ensure that their message, it's not enough. I mean, I think one of the things that and we often laugh about it um, amongst my friends, the DA is prolific with sending out press releases. They will send out 10 press releases in a day. But a press release is only the beginning of, of peaking an interest. You've got to find a way yeah. where whatever it is that you are saying or doing is, is of general and broad enough interest for mainstream media to want to come and talk to you. If, if it's just, you know, we're, we're into this, we're into that, we're and spamming, because it's, it's essentially about to spamming is what they're mm. doing with all their press releases for everybody. Like, like, mu- like Moosey, my money used to, to like, like Moosey used to spam us with WhatsApps or whatever. With mm. his phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, just before, before you carry on. I, think, uh, I, I, I take your point, but you know, the reality, and, and I, this is not a DA specific issue, um, but I, I, I would take issue on the fact that it's that they only say what they're against. Uh, I, I mean, they, they 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 both say what they're going to do. I mean, arguably, whether they do it and whether they their feet are held to the fire is another issue altogether. Mm-hmm. But how how do you convey the fact? Let me let me take for example one of their proposals for the economically is to um, leverage private private sector involvement. Uh, it's a broad term, and I mean it needs to be unpacked absolutely. But that is a positive, and I, th- I don't think there'd be any disagreement amongst us that um, that more private sector to achieve things is what is needed in this country. And how do you put across that so that the mainstream media says, "Aha, this is what our people want to hear." Um, it, it, it's just it's just not in that respect they never go nobody's going to get off the ground other than the people who as you say i mean julius malema it's like she's, he's like megan markle you know you uh, it, it's it's he's it's good, great for he's good at getting attention <laughs> for the media. Can I, can I, and, that, and that's the that's the problem i mean can i give you a slightly different example um herman mashaba has had quite a lot of exposure um given the newness of his, his party and i think you know, to get more parties available for being voted on is absolutely wonderful. But he's not said anything startling. He's not said anything mm. uh, very similar to DA in policies. No, 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 not, a, not a problem with that at all. But he is being picked up. And I, and I, I think, understandably, I'm not necessarily critical of it, he's being picked it's up because he's, he's a black thing. leader. Yeah. And those are things that you know. It's it's almost like a vicious circle. But okay, that's can, can I ask you both something? But if because, we look at it, hold, hold, hold on, Gareth. Can I just say? Sure, I mean, if we look at it, it, let's look at it in 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 the context of American politics and their mainstream media. You have very clearly a left wing media and a right wing, right? We're able to say there's mm-hmm. there's Fox News on the one side and there's CNN on the other side, very clearly, and their position is clear, and they are mainstream media, and and what what the electorate get to do is they either get to toggle between the two or choose a side mm. or choose a side but what what we have today is we we also have a far more democratized access to information and media you don't only have to be part of the mainstream every single political party can 
and if they wanted to yeah. talk to the electorate. I, I think they also have to be responsible for, for getting that attention themselves. And, and if they're good at it, like Julius clearly is, and like Donald Trump clearly was, then they get more share of voice. But I want to ask you both something, because I got admonished the other day by uh, someone who listens to the show and, and clearly has, has liked the show for some time, said to me, Oh, you've got to stop talking about the mainstream media. It makes you sound like one of those conspiracy theorists. Now, all three of us have used the term mainstream media today. I'm curious about what you think that means and whether or not that's starting to get the undertones of being something conspiratorial and, you know, kind of the outside the tent pissing in type conversation. What do you guys make of the mainstream media? Because in South Africa, we're dealing with a very different machine to what they have in America. There are a lot of people mm-hmm. pretending to be mainstream media, but their audience shares dropping through the floor. And there are other people who are online who are actually commanding an enormous share of voice, but only with a particular number of people in South Africa. We've got to remember like Twitter, for example, is only mm-hmm. what, three or four million people. So how do we figure that? How do you make sense of that? Sarah, you go first. Um, yes, I, I, think, I think you're right about the, the configuration in South Africa because in America you've got a, a very large, uh, very, it's a very wealthy country, so it's, it's, it's highly literate, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the huge, 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 huge distinctions that we have. I mean, there are problems without a doubt, but the, the, the media and the ability to, to set up alternatives to or are, are they legion? They are absolutely legion. So people can get their news from a huge range of sources. Here, just by by virtue of um, economic status, that, that's a limitation. The fact is that, as in the rest of the world, the nature of newspapers is uh, being read or is declining. Television stations probably have the most traction because they're very visible. Um, so it's it's you know, I, but it, it's definitely you know. At the end of the day, particularly when you're looking to putting out a political message to uh, to the the nation, if I can put it that way, you're going to rely very much on um, on what people see in what we call the mainstream media, which is the formal media, the okay. media that is the media in, in the terms we've always formally understood it. And I, I mean, I. I one of the things, for example, I, I mean, I may have missed it, but I haven't really seen for a long time, is is debate on the mainstream media, and, uh, uh, television in particular. Is we used to see quite a lot of programs where you'd have a political party, b political party, a debate being hosted by by the uh, by the TV host. You don't see that much anymore. If you want to see that, you go into social media, mm. and social media, from a South African point of view, is growing hugely, but it's still it's still relatively niche. And the the problem, what worries me, and I think Kumi's right about getting the message out and that it, it depends on getting the message out. But again, how do you get out a message of leverage the private sector? It, it, it's, it's very it's difficult. Not, and that sexy. is a challenge yeah, that any party has to do. The, the EFF has never had to do that. And we, most of us know that we, we don't really know what the EFF stands for, but it isn't good. That's, that's what we do know, that having them in government right. is not going to be for so, the benefit of the country. So the two are fighting they against very, very different good things. At doing. No, but you know what they were very good at doing? And, and unfortunately, this is, for me, a uh, an easy place to go to because I, I'm in communications and I spend mm. all day, every day, kind of picking apart who's doing what in terms of communicating. But the the thing that I think media, just on the question of mainstream media, I think media has become very disintermediated. So the, what what used to be mainstream media is is probably more what we we should call established media. Yes, that's, that's a good word. With a, with a very pervasive reach in our society, and and that would be for us here in South Africa, which is very small, is one public broadcaster and. Two independents who, who are not, you know, who are trying to be centrist in the in the way that they uh, report. But what we also have, and to Sarah's point, that they, we don't see a lot more debate, we don't see all of that kind of stuff. What we do also have is because of the of the the declining revenues that they've all had, mm. is we have a huge juniorization of that of mm. that newsroom, right? So we've got we've got 
lots of young journalists who, who may not have the same amount of gumption, the same amount of experience, and and even the editors, they they the news cycle has become shorter. They, and so they have to get more information out more quickly, more frequently. And, and so they are completely overstretched. Mm. That's why they don't have space for a nuanced debate or a, a nuanced way of viewing all the things. So investigative work. And that's why more and more of private citizens with their YouTube channels, with their podcasts, with their, have an opportunity to delve and dig into mm into the various things. But what the disintermediation of media has done is it has made everybody, given everybody an equal chance if they know what to do with it. If they know what to do with it. And and unfortunately, we live with the, on the one side, we live with an EFF that is a highly populist movement that knows how to, to tag onto the emotional rawness of of the people that they want to do and bring them along for that and on the other side we have we have da and and i i, I choose to speak about the ANC, the da and the eff because those are the they are the sure. best players yeah let's not waste let's not waste our time talking about the rest parliament. Yeah. but but yeah can, can i quickly you know, go back to and, something and what the, the da sorry gareth i just want to say what the da tends to fail to do is to talk to the people is mm. to talk to the people in a way that the people can understand what it is that they are saying and break it down. In fact, we had Helen Zilla on the show here. And, and when I said, unfortunately, you are failing to convince me mm. to come over to your side. Later on in the day, she said on the show, and later on in the day, she said, well, maybe the problem is the electorates. You, you're never going to win. The problem is the people. Come on. Come on, Bible. What, you, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't say the people are the problem. The problem is within. You must convince people to come to you. So... Can I just go away from the media for a second? Because I always feel like it's, mm, you know, mm. it's the brain trying to be aware of itself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never a good mm. thing when you're on a, <laughs> when you're on a media platform talking about the media. So let's just look at, at what initially brokered this conversation. It is that John Steenhuizen seems to be making noises and there are even a, a couple of, of very quiet, but lone, uh, brave voices in the ANC that are saying, Maybe there is the potential for an ANC-DA collaboration in certain places and in certain ways. If that were possible, let's just let's fantasize for a second about maybe the possibility of, you know, some of the people from the ANC and some of the people from the DA coming together and figuring out a way to manage the country better. Let's just imagine it's possible. Let's put away the, mm. the, the questions of whether or not that might ever happen. What kind of situation would that put us in? Is it a is it a remotely constructive situation for us to find ourselves in? Because I see Dogozo here on the chat is saying he's all for an ANC DA coalition or a straight up partnership. There are still some ANC values that I think are necessary to move the country forward. And Ruth and he and Andre are all talking about DA ANC coalitions. So let's talk about that for a second. What are the possibilities? Mm. Go ahead. Uh, you, you start, Sarah. Okay, um, let's put it this way. This is politics. Anything's possible. And, and anything's possible because politics, you know, people talk about ideology, and ideology, I think, is actually the most dangerous uh, basis for running a country. What matters is practically what you are going to offer people and what sort of policies you're going to put in place. And that's why, let's be honest, I mean, you had the unthinkable coalition combination of the EFF, and the DA in Joburg and, 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 and Swanee. So it, it's, you know, it, literally, I, what do they say about politics being the art of the possible or whatever it may be? But that is really literally the, the event. So in other words, one recognizes that, uh, sorry, one recognizes that, that, um, the, you, you do compromise and, and, and whatever the DA may say, you end up com you may compromise on uh, on on quality. Sorry, right. I'll just take my camera off for a bit. No, oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm just trying to avoid the the echo. Okay. Um, the uh, so so it is it is always possible, but as we see it at the moment, it's just it's 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 
the, the possibility of just getting further and further into the mire when there are, are options. And this is, again, where I think uh, particularly perhaps the uh, the informal media, <laughs> um, non-established media comes in, is that to some extent it's not necessarily about um, not providing people what they need to hear. It's about it's about allowing people to hear things and see whether they respond to them or not. And and a discussion about policy. I mean, I think that's absolutely crucial. Get the parties into the onto onto platforms to say these are our policies. These are ones we want to do. These are our uh, these are our successes. And. You know, and that's what I'm saying simply about the DA in, in the fraught situation that we're in. We, we just don't have as much luxury. Um, you, new parties can come onto the scene, but it's incredibly difficult to start and maintain a party. It's a very, very complex machine. So it's a case very much in the same way as looking at the pragmatics of, of uh, coalition. You're saying, okay, you're not necessarily conveying your ideas terribly well, but you you do have you do you do have something worthwhile and interesting to say let's 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 grill down to that and we we don't hear that much that often and as i say what what i would really um pay attention to is the fact is if we're looking at the practicalities da has to be given some kudos in a very awful political environment for having made some significant achievements and it's not that it's world-beating or, uh, you know, absolutely astonishing. Mm. It's just leading, it's it's managing right. and it's governing in a certain way. Pumi, what do you think? Uh, if if there were an ANC-DA coalition in, in the form that perhaps it took in, you know, certain wards and municipalities, what do you think that might be like? see it. You know, one of the reasons why I, I cannot see it, even in my wildest imagination, is because the guys are so opposed to each other. And and the thing that makes it, you know, if you're going to if you're going to make a relationship work, mm. you have to be looking and willing to find the best part of the other. And, and where we sit is we sit with everybody looking for the worst part of the other. And so they're unable to bridge the gap between each other. Because they, they kind of, you know, you you just hear the, the ANC thinks the DA does this, the EFF does this, the EFF and the DA think the ANC is this and this. And, and that's why it, it then becomes, you then see Julius go and have tea in Gata and you're like, how? But you've just spent the past three years telling us how horrendous this man is and how yeah. bad he is. And now you're having tea. And and it's the same it, it's the same thing, I think, with the DA and the ANC. It would be hard for me to see how they can find the bridge to their commonalities. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to make a relationship work, that's what you need. You need to yeah. find the common ground and move on from there. Yeah. Can I just come uh, come back to, um, I think Pumi's right, but let me, I'd like to come back to my point about um, the practicalities. I mean, you'd be amazed what people can compromise on when when they feel they have to. I agree. I don't think you'd ever see a, a, an ANC-DA coalition. What you probably are best looking at is almost a, a sort of defection uh, of, a, of a certain, uh, the support of a certain number of people. It may even be the split up of the party. The thing about politics, and particularly South African politics, is by this time next year, the the, the uh, environment could look completely and utterly different. Um, you may have an ANC split. It may be conducive to a coalition. The problem is, and this probably comes back to my original point, is one doesn't really know. And also, you know, politicians, fabulous, stand outside, bitch at each other, bitch at what they're doing. That is how politics works. Mm. But behind the scenes, if 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 they people do power. want to make things to work, things well, things are possible. I'm not even saying desirable, but possible. Okay. Well, I, I mean, one of the points here is that besides the numbers that could come from a coalition like this, I think the ANC wants to to look competent. Um, this is a comment one of our listeners just made. The ANC actually wants to look competent, and that's something the DA can help them with. And the DA wants access mm -hmm. to power, so that's something the ANC can help the DA with. So th there is a way that you could have these two scratching each other's backs, and it might mm. not boil down to to the kind of personality politics that we're so used to and the idea of this, this cult of personality, which is unfortunate, but it's taken over all over mm. the world. One other thing, and maybe, maybe this is where Helen Zilla did have a point, the electorate do let themselves down, and we as citizens mm. are not as informed as we could be. I mean, most people don't have the ability to, to assess policy in general or in context. Mm. And, and this is precisely why when you do stunts, 
like you know going to Senegal or talking about shampoo or whatever that gets the attention or talking about Love mm. Island for fuck's sake these are the kinds of things that get people <laughs> they get attention it's not policy mm. that gets attention mm. and this is maybe where we do have to 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 uh, reckon with the fact that we have mm. just like in many other parts of the world uh, in fact in any democracy the majority of the people in any country are pretty simple they they don't want a complicated message from the politicians if you look after their their basic needs and interests they want to have opportunities for employment they want to have um basic services delivered if we can do those things then as good as that is for the party it's not very interesting and won't keep you in mm, people's it won't keep you in the front of people's minds Mm. Um can I yeah I mean this is this is this is the eternal problem in politics I mean take for example um the municip- municipalities of Midvale and Umfuleni they are kind of next to each other uh Midvale is run by an incredibly dynamic young mayor I think he's in his mid 30s he's he's been actually a mayor for about 8 years and Midvale's always you know had, had 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 a great reputation now it's it's very easy to run down a, a municipality it doesn't matter who your 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 uh, residents are what color what etc um to keep him a municipality going takes just hard dedicated slog next to it you've got Umfuleni which i think if i think if there's a place that could be literally be called a shithole it has to be Umfuleni and it's the the the, the, the what i think what what we're struggling with and da no less than anyone else but really struggling with is that the examples of success versus failure um are not sufficiently grabbing people's attention although and i say this having said you know the the this uh, protest where the the poor man was killed yesterday in Bromfontein mm. listening That's... to um 702 people you know sending in their comments of the experience now there matter there were a range of comments but there was almost one comment uh, in particular or everyone the ANC has ruined things through theft and corruption and that perhaps if they hadn't the police would be better trained and students would not end up having to be in this position of protesting now that that in a way um it it is almost uniform it was absolute and that is the experience that is starting to inform people but but I agree I think it it's the nuts and bolts of people saying well hang on a sec how how can these people make my life better what is the example of the yeah, but, municipality but across the road to, and i don't know how uh, one changes that my has, view is how one changes that is you don't go can these people make my life better you go how do i participate mm-hmm. in making this better you you stand up and you are part of what it is that makes your municipality your municipality is where you live you have to participate and be part of that you can't just be looking at some someone over there who is this man called government mm-hmm. you know it, yeah. it, it's made up of people it's I, made I, up of hands and feet and eyes and you, you know and those hands and feet absolutely. and eyes are our eyes well, we have to do something about, about it. it i agree with you entirely and in fact what's happening and it, and i think it's growing in momentum and and it is growing in response to a decreasingly bad or increasingly bad situation um is you are seeing residents particularly of small towns because it's manageable big cities are very difficult but residents of of small towns across the board getting together repairing sewerage repairing potholes they yeah. are just taking the initiative to improve their lives and the wonderful thing about that is is it goes exactly to Pumwe's point it's about people taking control of their lives and improving their lives and it's also about people doing it for themselves but for each other so in other words it's not a kind of the white side of town or the black side of town people are getting together they realize what's good for i think what's good for themselves is good for the other and that's that's a crucially human response to make and i was i heard of an example yesterday that i didn't actually know before mm-hmm. Six years ago schwarzerainica that's exactly what they did and they, they they developed a very elaborate scheme to employ people to do fixing on a on a roster basis so everyone got an opportunity to be employed in the process they had lawyers set up trust funds for their rates um and then a court said no they can't have that the municipality must run the 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 the, the environment and it stopped now if that isn't a perfect example of people doing it for themselves and then being hindered by un- bureaucracy worse than unnecessary government yeah um but it's starting to pick up a pace and that that is certainly and i think every party should should 
feed into assisting that. It mustn't take it away from it. Guys, it would be remiss of me because we've only got a, about 10 to 15 minutes left. It would be remiss of me not to refer to some of the other big uh, stories going on. Now, we, we found out that this week our economy has contracted by 7%, and this is the single largest contraction since 11 years ago, I think it was. Um, we obviously we knew that we would have some difficulty because of lockdowns and, and all the stuff that happened last year. But we've been on this kind of steady decline in terms of growth. We've had minimal growth, and it's been getting smaller and smaller and smaller over the last few years. How do we, how do we fix this, and what do you think the biggest obstacles are, from a political point of view, to South Africa getting back on track? We see other economies all over the world starting to get back into action, and, and of course we're lagging. Um, liberalization. And it's liberalization of the economy. It's, it's making it easier for people to start businesses. And when you can start businesses, you can employ people. You've got to cut down red tape. Um, so what kind of red tape? You've got I to mean, are we talking find about, are we talking labor red, laws? Red, red tape that involves licenses, um, uh, permission, all, all those sorts of things that make You've got to simplify those processes completely, uh, whether it's a formal business or it's an informal business. I think the other thing is part of the process, uh, because it's linked to the fact of how well-educated your your workforce is, is there has to be, and I know this may not be popular, but a real a real emphasis on skills as opposed to education, post post school education. Yeah. Skills well, in Pumi, Pumi and artisanal I actually, skills. We, sorry, Pumi and I were actually talking about that earlier with the Vitz protests that have been going on. Mm. And we were saying that, that that is something that needs emphasis. Pums, you've also you you're a yeah. small business owner and, and you know about red tape and regulation. Would you agree with Sarah on that front? I have to tell you this very funny story. You know we're moving offices and trying to get a new line and I'm going to, um, should I tell you who they are? Well, yeah, it's you. <laughs> a, a, a public sector service provider and a private sector service provider. So public for the telephone lines and private for the fiber. Uh-huh. I think I have signed and re-signed almost 100 pieces of paper Ugh. between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And, and then they don't get it on the other side. Can you print it and can you scan it? And can you, I'm like, I work in a paperless environment. Mm. So both private and public have the same hurdles. Uh. And the red tape is ridiculous. But we are also overtaxed. I think mm. businesses Absolutely. in this country are completely overtaxed. Absolutely. And that's also one of the levers that our government can pull in terms of alleviating and allowing money to circulate back into the into the economy is really you know there's so many taxes that we don't need but mm. we have them in fact i think uh, they reported the other day that uh, personal income tax is is now the largest proportion of G- of gdp that it has ever been now that is that is a sign of failure um because your, your taxation, your successful taxation should come mostly from a whole lot of other things, but not from personal tax. It's the absence of personal tax or the reduction of personal tax that encourages, um, that encourages you to innovate and to grow. And I think one of the problems that the, that it's very much a sort of mindset of the ANC is that you achieve adherence by penalizing as opposed to rewarding. Um, whether it be a tax break, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, and and that's a, a mindset we've got to get out of. It, is that, is that if if the, if a government, if a group of citizens do something that benefits society in any way, there should be re- reward rather than punishment. Punishment is for being criminal, for not paying taxes that you were obliged to pay. Yeah. What, what do you so guys? What, what do you make of of ESCOM? They've gone back into stage two load shedding. They did say to us, um, and they keep on saying, you know, it's going to take a long time for us to fix this. But is there light at the end of the tunnel? The fact that we've had maybe proportionally less load shedding in the last couple of months. Are we starting to see uh, any improvements there, or do you think that this is just part of the general decline? Are we in the tunnel? Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, let me put it this way. I don't, I have absolutely no idea about what's happening in the, regarding the allegations of racism um, against Andre de Reyes. No. But what it is a sign of is of, of, of an organization that is beyond crucial to the economy and, and yet it's, it's moribund. It's absolutely moribund. I mean, there's, 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 
there's little economic activity and whatever they have built, and apparently Kusile and Nadupi are a, dis- a disgrace of, of, of note, can't, can't provide on a regular basis what we've got. So clearly what, what, what is happening is not working or it's not working sufficiently. And it's got to be all hands on deck. And again, if, 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 if the private sector can make a difference, it must be allowed to make a difference. It doesn't matter where the energy comes from. It's that it comes. Yeah. Okay. Pums, any, any comments on very, that? I, I just thought it was, it was very interesting, the timing of the new yeah. schedule of load shedding. So, you know, you have all this woo-ha about unrated and allegations of racism and the board finally stepping in and then boom, 24 months, 24 hours later, load shedding. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, mm, how is, is this load shedding being used to kind of, to, to pull the wool over our eyes. Are we being, is it smoke and mirrors redirecting us to other things? You know, I'm just like, hi guys, hi well, guys. Uh, something that Vadner brings up, he says, R.W. Johnson has been writing some interesting stuff lately. Uh, he's always interesting and he's been pretty much mm. on the money every time. How is our low functioning population voting ANC continuously any different from the low functioning ZANU PF population in Zim? Given that the and by that I think they mean also like unemployed. What does low yeah, function? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what van yeah, means. It, it's it's the Yeah, it's not a great term. Not a great term. Um, he says giving voting vote, voting fraud is not happening, or is it? Discussion about this is like a tea party in the Titanic. My heart aches. Blah 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 blah. So let's let's just start off with the fact that people have been comparing South Africa to Zimbabwe for years now, and. I don't know that the comparison is necessarily spot on. I think that there are probably some similarities. You could draw similarities between us and any country. I hear people comparing us to the U.S. on one hand and to Venezuela on the other. So it's not helpful, I don't think. And also this idea of low functioning, what, what I think we have in this country is not stupid people because we have lots of very complicated social situations. We have child-headed households. We have people who are living in rural areas. Most of them are eking out a survival, which means that they're street smart. And we, can't, we cannot throw those people under the bus because the system has failed them. What we need to do is acknowledge that South Africa is one of those places where sometimes the social safety net, as poor as it may be and as porous as it may be, and as, as little as the welfare that we can dole out is, we, we have an enormous problem with finding meaningful, gainful employment for people. And p- perhaps that's something that we should start dealing with in a more real and, and, and driven way. I think one of the biggest problems, um, if, if a country is b- badly managed, is that everyone's expectations drop. And it's those dropping expectations. You don't expect anything from the government. You, you, you know, your, your, your education has been, ha- has been poor. Um, too many, too many, too many taxes. Too much in the way of taxes has been paid, and too little has been in return. And I think mm. one of the problems that happens with that is that because everyone's expectations drop, um, the, the, it, it becomes more and more difficult to really galvanise people uh, to, as, as Pumi said earlier, to sort of take control of their own lives and their own environment. Um, it, it, it becomes almost a, a form of stasis, and this is across the board. Mm. And our similarity with uh, with uh, Zimbabwe is not so much the, the 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 practicalities and the facts; it's the commonality in pursuing an idea, a political ideology that just doesn't work. And for better or for worse, the successful countries in the world are freer countries, are freer countries ideologically and politically. And it's it, and what we do still have is we have. We have the right to the freedom of speech. We have the right to express our views, and people do express their views. And that—that mm. that is an extraordinary thing that I watch sort of change from the apartheid era over. Is that absolute sense of that right to express views? The the, the problem is 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 moving towards taking it, grabbing the politicians by the throat rather than the other way around. And once your expectations are dropped, to tr- to try and work out of that is very very difficult. And that's as a society. What we've got to encourage is that it's your country. Don't worry about the politicians. And so far as you can take control, take control. That's a slow and difficult process. What, what, but that is the difference, I, I think. I think that's, 
I, I think it's it's easy to say that the freer countries are doing better in the world. I mean, I think when we look at China and what's happening in China, they have had 35 years of growth and they're currently sitting in a place where they're very likely going to overtake the U.S. as 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 a global powerhouse, yeah. economic they're, they're powerhouse. Not a, that's not right? a free and, country. And, they, oh. and they're not a free country. No, But I do want to say to Werner, I do want to say to Werner, I think it is... It is absolutely disgusting to say that people are low functioning and therefore they vote a particular way. Mm. That is, it's, it's unacceptable actually to, to think that there, there is some kind of the straight line between what people think or how people think and, and the level and their poverty and what it is that they need their government to do for them. It's, 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 almost exactly the same as a party saying that, well, we need to look at the people who vote if they won't vote for us. That's ridiculous. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Re-evaluate re those words. Yeah, I think, listen, I mean, we, I think we're all agreed on that front, but um, yeah. uh, he expressed himself uh, very poorly on, 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 on that comment, and I thought it was worth referring to, not ignoring and sweeping under the carpet. Uh, Dogoza says, this is an interesting point we can end on. And, and it's ending where we started. He says the social safety net is, is necessary in South Africa. Yeah. And that is why I don't think the DA will ever take over. They refuse to acknowledge this. Do you think yeah. that's fair? I, it, I don't, but it comes again to, to the information. Because if you look at DA policy, um, what essentially they, they, they're looking at is a free market economic society, a free, a free, free market society. But it absolutely does recognize that the, people have to be supported who who cannot support who aren't, aren't in a position to support themselves. So, uh, the DA is not a, a sort of a, an absolutist. It's certainly not libertarian. Uh, in fact, some may argue that perhaps it, it, it has too much of a mix. But that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's how one, one one sees it. But the point is, the DA doesn't, and it's 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 look. I'm not going to say whether the DA gets out its message well on that or not. Clearly, it hasn't got it out well enough uh, for, for, for the listener. But the point is that it's, it, the, the, the general impression, I think, is that the, the ANC is the party of um, social support and the DA is not. And, and those, are the, those are some of the, the issues that, that have got to be dealt. Well, Anyone as, who's, as who's going Pumi, to make the society succeed understands that as people said, who, who need they, support. They need to do better messaging around that. So I'm not, I'm not going to make excuses for them. And I hope in some way you've assuaged some of the, um, the, the bias that we may be displaying on the show by, by being here this morning, Sarah. Pumis, any final parting shot from you before we wrap it up? What's my favorite thing? You gotta stand up, get up, stand up, and do it for yourselves, people. There we go. She hasn't changed her tune, not for one single episode. <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, great to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Pumi. Always good to have you on. Cliffcentral.com.